listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson, and I am so stoked to share this episode of the podcast with my friend, Allison Jade who is absolutely just a beacon of light and hope and is so inspiring. And we cover a ton of different topics, including so many that are dear and close to my heart. So we discuss her story of transformation and healing. She dealt with different types of mental and focus issues when she was very young, was put on Ritalin and Adderall. She also took Accutane and birth control and just felt really disempowered and had very low self-esteem. She allowed bad people and bad things to happen to her life and it wasn't until she started doing yoga that created a gateway for her to reconnect to herself. And then when she got pregnant with her first child, it catapulted her into her next level of healing. We discussed this mind shift after getting pregnant, postpartum, pharmaceutical side effects. We also get into naturally gut health and discovering the impact of glyphosate. We talk about ultimate lifestyle transformation, common versus normal, raising plant-based kids, perium from breastfeeding moms, healing and gaining confidence, as well as weaning off of coffee. We get into a lot of different fun subjects. So without further ado, here is my chat with the lovely Allison Jade. Hi, Allison. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much for coming um, on the podcast. I, you and I have been following each other for a little while now, but uh, since I became part of the Perium family, I suppose, and I just love looking at all your content. I was looking at some of your videos today and you just make, you and your husband make such great, like fun videos. I don't know. Y'all just, are y'all like videographers or something? <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Um, by the, I think I've been follow. I think I was following you even before because I've shared some of you. I love your name, Refined Hippie. It like really speaks to me. I love it, and I love everything you share as well. So, um, my husband is an editor, so he has that advantage. He knows videography and stuff like that. I have no experience, and I'm I I was terrified to be on camera. So yeah. until very recently, so this is really all new for me. Yeah, I'm still kind of terrified. I I have all I often have all these different ideas of videos I want to do, and then I'm like, mm, maybe I want to do it. <laughs> I have to no. get over that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I well. will. <laughs> maybe one day. I don't know. Um, so obviously, I would love to talk about Purium and 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 your story with that, but I want to backtrack and then just explore how you. I guess even got to Perium or how you became plant-based vegan. Like what, what is your story as we all have these, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I have on the podcast have a, have a healing journey, um, you know, have been found no answers with allopathic medicine, you know, the, the tale is old as time at this point. So what is your, what is your story? Thank you so much. Um, 
Well, I, um, I was, you know, from a young age diagnosed with ADD, I was put on Ritalin, I was in the system type of thing, you know, in therapies and being assessed all the time. And I struggled with very low self-esteem because, you know, my grades were so bad. I was always kind of in that special, you know, sitting at the special table kind of thing and never feeling like I fit in. Like, seriously, it was, you know, they, at that time it was like, I was in stupid math, stupid French. And that's what we called it. And yeah, I know. I, I, anyway, school is a whole other issue. Yeah. That's a whole other um, topic. (laughs) Yeah. And the trauma from that, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, but you know, and then, uh, I had very, um, you know, I had bad skin growing up. I had very low self-esteem and I wasn't my, you know, I think just being in a culture that's everything is someone else knows better. The experts know better. I never felt empowered that there was something I was doing. Um, so I was just listening to whatever doctors told me. So I would, you know, I went on Accutane at 15, Um, No one told me about the side effects of that. And it um, really affected more of my uh, confidence and issues because it's, it's a hugely uh, gut destroyer. It's it's a very strong antibiotic. I didn't know these things. No one warns you. And um, then also put on the birth control pill around the same age. Mm -hmm. So other hormone imbalances from that. And then, you know, I think my twenties were honestly a blur. I felt so disempowered. I was kind of going through the motions of life and allowing a lot of really bad things to happen to me because I didn't have that Mm self-worth. Um, and so just kind of going through the motions, allowing really, you know, abusive kind of partners and bad friends around me. Um, and just really feeling like, what's the point? Because there was a lot of times where I didn't even know why I was going on because I was just like going through motions of things that I were not, they were not giving me that I didn't even know who I was because of all the medications that I had been put on and, and all of the layers of self self-esteem and things like that. And I was then, um, after being in an abusive relationship, I, I actually ran away, had a kind of a breakthrough. And that was the first of my healing journey um, was when I was on my own in a new city and I started doing yoga and that was a gateway for me to, you know, reconnect. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't all roses after that. I had a lot of other things happen, you know, that threw me back down, but at least I knew there was tools out there where I, I had experienced feeling good. Hmm. And, uh, and then I was put on antidepressant. Actually, then I got pregnant, which was another step in my healing. Cause when I got pregnant, um, I was 28, I was still very unhealed and I was, um, but it was that wake up that like, it's not just about me anymore. I have to now take care of myself because I'm bringing a life into the world. And that led me into actually going plant-based was one of the first steps into that heal that next level of healing. It happened because my my daughter wasn't reacting well to when I would eat dairy. She, we we discovered she was dairy intolerant, which was such a blessing. Right. Wow. That is. Yeah. In hindsight, now at the time, yeah. I'm sure you were like, "Oh my gosh, what am I going to do?" Like, right. But yeah. I, you know, I thank her every day. I'm like, it's because of your dairy. <laughs> you <know>? So <laughs> it was really, really, yeah, really great to experience life cutting out dairy and then eventually cutting out all animal products. Um, I felt, you know, a sense of uh, control come back into my life, mm-hmm. a sense that like what I put in my, like I have control of what I put in my body and not in an unhealthy because I'd gone through eating disorders. And so that was not, not in the same way. It was like 
on an ethical level. And it was also, you know, so there's so many levels of feeling this like empowerment that I'm making a decision that's better for my, my health and better for the planet and, you know, causing mm -hmm. least harm to others. And because being a victim in abuse, I really resonated with animal abuse. I really mm. empathized with it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people come to veganism because, you know, they have been abused themselves and they feel, you know, what it feels like to be on the receiving end of a system that doesn't care. Doesn't care about them. Yeah. I actually, I have never thought about it that, that way. And thinking about people who have, have been abused. I mean, I, I have like a lot of, I feel like women, especially maybe of our generation, we've often experienced those bad boys or those boyfriends that, you know, whether it's physical or verbal abuse, whatever it is, it's, you know, it all, it all hurts <laughs> in different ways. So I have never thought about it that way, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. I think, you know, every one of us who's probably around or just like so many of us, just like culturally, like it was so almost like it was so acceptable to be abusive. Like it was so yeah. acceptable to be in abusive relationships and stuff like that. Right. Like it was all we knew and like the movies and the music and stuff. Well, and I also, I don't know if you came from, I mean, when I was in, in college and, um, and in my younger years, uh, definitely went out, you know, to bars and I drank and things like that. And that adding that into it, into the mix. And then, and then you just think, oh, well, they were just drunk. That's why they acted that way. You know, that they're fine. They're nice. They're nice normally you know, or something. I don't know. You try to rationalize why people do things, why they, why people hurt you. And then also there's, there's a part of, of me that has felt in the past, like, oh, well, you know, I am so good for them. Like I can, I hopefully will help them change, you know, yeah. like so many people think that, you know, yeah. males and females, I'm sure, but that you well, can be the one. Yeah. Especially like, you know, us empaths. So usually people who are more absolutely caring, who are like the ones who want to change the world are the ones who are going to take on these cases sometimes of like, you know, abusive people and, and try to help them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went through so much of that. And then my husband was one of the good guys. So yeah. I think my, my body was like, it allowed me to get pregnant because we were just dating. It was, it was really new, yeah. but it was like, I found a guy who was really nice, really, really kind and like caring, which I was pushing away because, you know, when you don't think you deserve that, but luckily my body got pregnant. Like, no, 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 no. We so got to. <laughs> yeah. We're going to lock him in. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It really did. And then, you know, um, it was really, it was really important to, um, to my healing to, you know, to have that life come into the world and know that it's not like, cause I was, I was, I had no problem sabotaging myself, but suddenly when there was another life, it, it really made me, um, care for myself more because also, you know, growing up, I have a mother with low self-esteem because of all the same things that we're talking about. You know, she also does cyclical like patterns and Absolutely. She, yeah, she had very low self-esteem and growing up, that was really hard for me. So I wanted to make sure that I have I was confident. Like that yeah. was something that I really wanted to feel because I wanted my mother so badly to feel like a whole person, like she, like that she mattered, you know? And so I had to give my kids that gift. So I had to really heal on speed. It was like, you know, like not literally, but like, yeah, you no, know, no, I, I know <laughs> no more drugs, no more pharmaceuticals, <laughs> no, no more, but I was on pharmaceuticals at the time. I oh, was man. 
yeah, I was, I was taking, so even though my intuition was like, okay, I'm pregnant, I have to get off of these medications. All my doctors were like, no, it's totally safe. You could be, you know, just lower your dose. But I was still on an SSRI throughout my pregnancies. Um, I was still taking um, my Ativan at night to help me sleep, which I didn't realize is like super addictive and so bad. And so I, I was just, yeah, I was in a, like an, a loop where, because I was doing it for my mental well-being. So I thought, you know, I had to continue doing things that were like also hurting me. Um, and so I was still doing that. Even when I was plant-based, I had a huge up level in a lot of ways, but I still depended on these, um, on doctors, you know, even though I was starting to wake up in my power, I still, at the end of the day, I didn't want to have those days where I couldn't get out of bed. I really wanted to be like a very functional mother. It takes and, time. Yeah. And it takes yeah. time to get off those things, you know, and to, and to, and to feel empowered enough to, to, tell a doctor no, you know, like to tell somebody in their, in their, you know, white coat that I don't want to do that anymore. You know, well, what do you mean? Like I am, I'm in charge, you know, kind of attitude. So yeah, they make you feel like you're making a big mistake. You know, they really Mm -hmm. put the life of the fear of uh, God in you kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So, um, but yeah, I was seeing, you know, I was in therapy and I was doing all these things, but Um, I was actually diagnosed after my second pregnancy with um, bipolar. So I had a very extreme, they called it a postpartum psychosis. Like I had a big meltdown in the winter of after the sec, my second baby was born. And it was like, really because of society. I mean, my husband was working 16 hour, he was working on movies. So 16 hours a day, sometimes he would be out of the house. Um, I was with two babies in Montreal, which, you know, in Canada is dark and freezing cold. And you just, who wouldn't go crazy in these circumstances, right? Right. Right. So, but I was meant to feel, you know, okay. So I went kind of back into that system again. Um, But this time, so I went on these drugs and I knew that I need to get off them. I knew I needed a, a game plan because actually the drugs got stronger and I could feel that these drugs were having side effects. I was already experiencing a lot of side effects, like, um, just like, like weight gain and low sex drive, like no sex drive, like, you know, it's just like a lot of these side effects. And I was just like, you know what I need? I, I, that's when I was like, I, I need to heal myself. Like I really need to get to the root and everything I, whenever I was looking for answers, everything led me to gut health. It's just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's everything. (laughs) Exactly. No matter what the illness is. And that's the, that's the thing. Well, it's like, well, I don't have any digestive problems. No, you need to heal your gut. <laughs> like, <laughs> People just don't know that they're suffering with gut issues because yeah, they don't know these symptoms. It's just, I had mental health issues. I had eczema. I had IBS, which, you know, yeah, that would be an obvious gut issue, but I, I just thought that was normal. I just thought but that's exactly. Yeah. I mean, most people say, you know, I mean, it's, it's like all these different sides. Like if you have lots of men- uh, menstrual, you know, issues, there's, like, oh, that's just normal. Just because something is common. I say this all the time. Just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. That's, these things are not normal, but they're being so normalized. You know, everything, every, every illness that we have right now. Oh God, it drives me crazy. Anyways. Yes. Um, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that you would just be like, well, this is just the way it is, you know? so many things like that. Yeah. Like I have like pills all over my body. Cause yeah, it's like so many things. We just, 
because they're so common, we normalize them. And yeah. then we think, oh, I just have sensitive skin. Oh, I just have a sensitive uh-huh. stomach, right? Yeah. Like we think that's like this thing that we just have and we just accept it. And so, yeah, I was like that. And I had um, all these paths. Like I kept hearing about gut health, but I was like, you know what? I'm eating so well. I'm I'm eating healthy. I'm eating plant-based. I was eating whole food plant-based. I was like, there can't be gut issues because I'm eating so well. So I thought, you know, okay, I keep hearing about gut health, but I'm taking, oh, and I also was taking probiotics, right? I thought, oh, doing everything. I'm, I'm drinking kombucha. I'm drinking, I'm having my probiotics. And there was a missing piece in the puzzle. So actually it was not until I started hearing about, I started hearing from a friend of mine who's a geneticist talk about glyphosate. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard that word before. Right. And I started hearing about glyphosate. You're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is she talking about? She keeps talking about glyphosate because she was talking about gut health a lot. And I was pretty much in alignment with everything she was doing. I was eating whole, the same way she was eating whole food, plant-based. I was, you know, doing all the same things on the surface. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm following this lifestyle that she's talking about, but then she, there was this missing piece. She kept talking about glyphosate and at home, you know, we didn't, we were living on a budget. I wasn't going out of my way to make sure things are organic. Um, you know, it's not always accessible. And I, uh, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't really put any emphasis on organic. I didn't really know there was, you know, any I thought it was kind of just a sale, like, you know, just to Woo-woo or something. Yeah. yeah. Just to make yeah. things more expensive. Yeah, I'm like, right. yeah. For that? yeah. A so, tomato is a tomato. Like it looks the same, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it, it looks the same. Like this is right. just, Yes. Um, but then she was, she was really talking about, she was talking a lot about glyphosate and I, she started to talk, like we started to talk and, um, basically she was just like, you need to do this glyphosate detox. She's like, you need to experience. She's like, Oh, cause like we were, we were, we were talking and I was dealing with all these issues and none of it was getting better. You know, my, I mean, things were improving when I stopped eating animals and, and dairy and processed foods. Yes. Things Obviously did get it's going to improve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I plateaued. Right. So it's like, I sort of hit this level where I was like, I just have X amount. I have to accept that, you know, or I just have mental health issues. I just, that's it. That's just who I am. But, that's just the way it is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I accepted it, but I was like, you know, and then she said, well, you know, I had eczema and I had Crohn's and I, I was like you, I accepted a lot of these things. And then I did, I I learned about glyphosate and it really changed my life. So, you know, she, she recommended that I do the ultimate lifestyle transformation, which was four, four years ago. Um, and I, I didn't really have any expectation of what it was going to do for me. I went into it with an open mind and, and even a, a little bit of, you know, she told me, oh, there's a 60 day money back guarantee. So I was like, okay, I'll see if this works. If it doesn't work, I'm going to return it. You know, I was like, no, whatever. I'm just going to see. And we like within three days of, of taking these, I'm drinking my green juice now. I'm, I'm still drinking it every day. Um, but within just three days of having this green juice every day and having the, the pre and probiotic that, you know, the glyphosate detox, cause biomedic is a, um, it's, it's, it detoxes glyphosate. It's the only product on the market now that's actually certified that is proven to detox glyphosate. And I, it, it, since I, I started just, you know, adding it in, I didn't even follow it to the T I just added this into what I was doing. And I just, every, like, every time, every day I was just feeling better and better. And my, uh, what I started to, you know, 
yeah, that's, that was like the hugest transformation. Cause I'd had a few of these like gateways of, you know, healing, but this was like, this, this was something different. This was something that was so deeply rewiring my whole system, my brain. And I, I was like, suddenly my eczema went away within just days. I just didn't have eczema anymore. And it hasn't come back since. Um, I, I, my mental health, like just improved, improved. And then I didn't even think about it. It was so intuitive. I just started to reduce my medications. And that's when, you know, I, I a few months into this program, I got off of all my medications without consulting my doctors because I didn't need to. I really felt empowered. You know, I didn't need to go and tell them I, I I'm not because I felt amazing. And I hadn't felt that good since I was a kid. So I was really, really like, I just needed to um. I was in fashion before, so I was not in the health and wellness space, but I was, I need to share this with as many people as possible. Like I know, cause like we were saying, everyone is suffering with these little things that they normalize. And I just wanted everyone to know like everything that you don't need to suffer, that these aren't normal just because they are common. They're not normal. And I just wanted everyone to know that. So I changed my whole path of life. Like I, I just totally got out of the fashion industry, which was another thing that was, you know, toxic and stressful. not in alignment. Yeah. yeah. So, stressful. so stressful. Yeah. And the fashion industry in general, I mean, if you care about the earth and, and people's health, whether that's the people who are creating the fashion or the people who are even wearing it, you know, I mean, the, the toxins that are in our clothes, it's just, it's just, insane to even think about, you know, yeah, and that's a whole nother, to, that's a whole nother level too, but, sure. <laughs> but all After these things to think about that, like everywhere we turn, you know, you're, we're being, we're being poisoned basically. And obviously our food is the, the easiest for people to at least maybe come to terms that that makes sense, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you are what you eat. I mean, even though there are still those people who, I mean, especially with the organic, they're like, that doesn't make a difference. And I'm like, at this point, it's we have enough research that that says it's completely destroying our health. You know, people just don't want to know. They they don't want to take responsibility that like an action that they're doing could be harming them or their children. And people get really really defensive around food. Like I'm sure you've noticed that it's mm -hmm. it, it's been a really interesting journey as I heal as I've been healing myself to see the reactions of people around me. Like I thought everyone would, cause I was healing in real time. People were watching me and yeah. I thought for sure, like everyone's going to be like, Oh, what are you doing? Wow, you know? <laughs> I want to do what you're doing, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. But, but they no, didn't. I had, I had people who, um, were like, it, it brought out weird sides of people. Like, um, people were, uh, very critical of what I was doing, how I was raising my children, um, you know, trying to find fault trying to poke holes. And even though I was thriving better than everyone likes, you know, when, when people around you are miserable, because honestly, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but the world is like, there's just so much mental health issues right now. Like we're not in a great place. Outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can, it's like, you can feel the energy, you know? Ugh. Yeah. And then they don't yeah. want to see someone shine. They don't want to yeah. see someone. They, they prefer if you're just like low like them and then you're easy to, you know, it's easy, it's easier. And as I started to get confidence and started to heal people that were my friends, like, it's just like, I lost a lot of people around me, but you know, 
Well, the, they, yeah. I mean, it's always sad when people, when that happens, but then of course, you know, you're like, well, they weren't really my friends and that kind of stuff, but it is crazy to think of how, you know, how it sheds light on, on people's true souls, I guess, you know, like who they really are. I mean, going back to, to people, um, you know, wanting you to be at their low level. I mean, you see that in, I guess, media, right? I mean, when you see like celebrities or something like that, people love to watch them fall. They don't ever like, they, they try to break that when somebody's yeah. doing really well or, you know, their career is taking off. They try to tear them out down as much as they can, whether it's on their looks or try to find, I don't know, fault in exactly like how they raise their kids or like how they're dressed or what, you know, something stupid like that. But oh, that's such an interesting point. Yeah. People love to watch uh, down. They don't like to watch a rise. They like to watch. It's more entertaining like, for them. Why is that? <laughs> you know, what does that say about humans? I don't I don't know. That's a whole nother like psychology. I think it's a, it's a mass gut health issue. Because when, <laughs> yeah. you heal, when you heal your gut, all you want is to see everyone else happy. Well. Because when yeah. you're feeling so good, right? You know, they'd express, they'd say like, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, help people. And it's so true. It's like when you're, uh, it's, it really speaks to a mass consciousness level that like, you know, where people are at, if, and, and it's true, all our guts are compromised because of all of the toxins everywhere. And the stress so, that we all are living in, you know, that that is normalized too, that you're supposed to have this intense job that, you know, you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're, you're making all this money, but you're so unhappy and miserable and, and, you, and your health fails and your family fails. You end up getting divorces and your kids end up with all kinds of mental health issues because you can't be with them, you know? It's like humans just, I don't, and in and, and certain cultures too. I mean, I don't, not all cultures are like this, but certainly you're in Canada, right? So I feel like Canadian culture and maybe in American culture are, are very similar probably in that, I think. Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. I mean, there's no, it's almost like they've lost the plot. They've lost the point of life. Like it's like, it's like, what, we're not supposed to work until we're 70 and then like have like, you know, like the last 10 years to like, and then you, know, you can, and then you can go on the trip and then you can buy your boat or whatever. I don't know. You know, it's like, then you can enjoy your life when you're much older and, and, but, and, and you have arthritis and you feel terrible, but that's normal too, to feel terrible when you're 65, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> we'll just accept these things. Cause yeah, that's just like, I, I see it all the time. You know, it's so frustrating. People just think that like, this is what life is. And it's like, oh my God. Like, I see all these, like these memes. You know, I'm, I'm in my thirties, you know, my late thirties. Now it was, I was in my mid thirties. Now I'm in my late thirties. Anyways, it is what it is. But you know, whenever you turn 30, I feel like there's all these memes or stuff that comes out and it's like making fun of how you feel when you get out of bed. And I'm like, you're 32 or 35 or whatever, even 40, you shouldn't feel like junk when you get out of bed, like you shouldn't have all these little cracks and aches and pains and, you know, my knees hurt. Like what? <laughs> Maybe if you're 80, I can get that happening. Like it's, you've been on this planet a long time. So it, it's okay. If you have a little bit of that, it makes sense. But like when you're young. No. And, and, and also like in the whole, that speaking of memes and stuff, like I was surrounded with a culture when I became a mom of like those memes of like, but first wine. Oh my like, gosh. First coffee. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> Everyone around me was just so normalizing this this being drunk, being a drunk mom because being a mom is so horrible and terrible that you need to get drunk. Like, why did you become a mom if you hate it so much? You know? 
it's 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 the most toxic that whole wine mom culture is just it, like I'm praying for humanity because no I feel like it got worse too with COVID and all these people were you know locked down and and then they were all like oh it's 12 o'clock but I'm drinking five wine <laughs> I mean, like, that's yeah you know we're stuck in the house so I'm just gonna drink all day like oh really that's what you're gonna do Oh, I know. And then, and then you think about the kids watching that. I mean, are they going to have a substance abuse problem or are they going to go the other route and be like, I'm never drinking ever, (laughs) which that would be the better thing, I guess, but probably that's not what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, Either way, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a super toxic manifestation. And when you talk about alcohol, I don't know. I don't, I don't drink, um, really anymore. Like maybe one drink every six months or something like that has alcohol in it. (laughs) And even then I'm like, this is why I don't do it. I mean, I enjoy it. It's like a special drink. You know, it's not just like, I'm going to have just like a gin and tonic It's something special, but still I'm like, I don't like that. It's fine. Um, but where was I going with that? I don't even know. Now I was just thinking of my cocktails that I never have. (laughs) Oh, well, just in general, that idea of like, it's the drinking culture. And that's literally in every society too. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. although in Europe, I mean, they drink every day, but they drink maybe less. I don't, I don't know. I don't, the, just the, the, the whole, it's pervasive. It it's is, so, right? you know, I think we're, we're a society coffee and alcohol are, are here to control us. Like they're, they're substances that we've normalized and it's not a, it's, it's not a coincidence. Like, those are ones that are the most pushed yeah. in our cultures in all, like, all and all they control people, you know, they kind of, they don't realize that it controls their, their lives. I mean, certainly if you have to wake up every day and have something, don't you think that's a problem? <laughs> like you can't function without it, you know? Um, I mean, I know a lot of people like their coffee and I, I, I get it to some extent, but if you enjoy the flavor and that's why you're doing it, I, I can maybe view that differently. But if you're using it to actually function, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, the problem is it, it is super addictive, right? Like right. I, I actually, I, I did love coffee. I loved coffee. And actually when I started this ULT, if someone had told me you're going to have to stop drinking coffee, I probably wouldn't have done it. So I'm glad that no one told me. I, I loved, I was, you know, I would work, um, also long, I, I needed it. Like it's, it's basically, it's like slave. Um, it's how they've got, it was invented in the industrial revolution to get people to work more. So that's why offices and work will always have free coffee because uh-huh. this is like, that makes sense now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh. It gets people to, to work more and, um, and that's it. And so when I would do it, I realized, you know, I, I was, I was addicted to it, but I, I justified it because, it's so normalized. So we justify, I love the taste. I love, you know, the comfort and then of it. it. Can be social, you know, you go and get coffee with your friend or, you what know, before work, do, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, that's like, it's like anything that you, you meet socially, it's always coffee or alcohol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was hard to like, you know, have even, it was just hard socially to break out of those things. But when I started doing this green juice, what happened was I, 
I would go, I would, I would drink my green juice first because the person who introduced this to me, she was a geneticist and she understands on like a cellular level, all these things. And she said, you know, coffee, um, blocks absorption of vitamin C and iron and, and a few of these nutrients. So she's like, she's, she's really smart about it. She said, just drink your green juice first and then wait an hour and then have your coffee. And I said, okay, I could do that. So that's what I did. And what happened was it was so, so brilliant to, to explain it this way, because what happened was it became my own. So I would go and make my coffee an hour later. And first of all, I was feeling like already great because I would have my green juice, my aminos. I was like feeling, Let's do it. I could, yeah. <laughs> I could do anything, you know, yeah. but then I would go and have my coffee and it allowed me to say, you know what, that's not feeling good in my body anymore. And I was feeling suddenly because, you know, when, as you alkalize your body, you really do feel like the acidity, you, you feel the acidity in it, it stands out. And so I would go to make it, I would have a few sips and just slowly but surely, I just, I would, I realized I didn't, I didn't want the full cup. And then I was like, I don't even want to sip. And then I just stopped making it. So it really was like, just how that, and, and even the wine at night, cause I would have, you know, I would drink socially and, and I would, you know, sometimes with dinner and whatever. And having that tart cherry juice and I've helped a lot of people who do have an addiction to wine in the evening to calm them down they just it's like about because we it's very hard to break addictions it's it's almost impossible to break addictions just like that we have to replace it with something and so I love that you know we have these tools in this you know lifestyle that you can replace bad habits with good habits mm, yeah that totally makes sense and you stop wanting it. And then with the tart cherry juice, what I found, because I used to be addicted to sleeping pills, um, the tart cherry juice calms my nerve. It, it really does calm your nervous system. And I would end up falling asleep before I would even take my sleeping pills. So I was like, it was just amazing how I didn't have to really consciously. It just naturally happened. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. stopped eating it. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it is true. Whenever, whenever you start eating healthier and even, you know, you're having the clean, the green juice, which in your mind, you're like, oh, it's just, you know, a powder and you put it in the water and whatever, but it really does. It changes. Well, it's obviously helping your gut heal and absorb the nutrients that it needs to heal, which is like the most important, right? I mean, you could be eating all the healthy things in the world, but if your gut is not absorbing it, then it's, you're just wasting all that money. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah. And then it, you just, you just don't crave it. It just doesn't taste good anymore. That's the thing that, that, that often people will say, you know, when you're, when you eat a certain way that they're like, Oh, I could never not have X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, eventually you just don't like it anymore. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't smell good. You don't like walk past whatever restaurant or, you know, look at somebody's dish that they're eating and be like, Oh, you're kind of grossed out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the best. I, it's, and you know what? It comes from a place of empowerment. You know, when people like if you tell someone they can't do something or they shouldn't do something, they're going to want to do it more. But when you tell people like just add this in and allow your body to uh, listen to your body, you know, allow your body to tell you what it wants. And as you start to heal your gut, like you said, your cravings change. And so, and also as you alkalize and as you, you know, develop a taste for like the greens, the wheatgrass and other things that you're not used to eating, your, your taste buds change. And um, so that's why I think this is, this program is so brilliant because it's, you know, people are, aren't going to, um, if you just tell them don't eat something, you know, that's not going to work. People have to come from a place of just, of, of knowing in their body, they don't want it. That's the only sustainable way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and then, and, you know, and giving people solutions, um, of a way to heal. That's, that's, that's kind of, uh, mindless in a way. I mean, you know, with the ULT specifically, it's like, there's so, really not that just do if just add in a few of these little things and yeah. just let it run its course, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the effectiveness is so, um, is so potent because of how easy it is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I things. Oh no, no. People want the easiest things. They, they don't want anything difficult, <laughs> which I understand that. <laughs> Although when you're, if you're trying to heal something extreme, you have to take extreme measures, you yeah, know? Um, absolutely. And, and I felt that because, you know, I had an autoimmune disease and I, uh, and, and going back to the glyphosate, I definitely, that was kind of what, well, one of the first things I did was I went gluten-free because I, at the time I didn't realize it was necessarily that it was the glyphosate and not the gluten that was causing the problems. I just thought it was like a new trend thing, you know? So I was like, I'm going to go gluten-free. That'll do it. You know, <laughs> which I did feel lighter. And I think that's because of the glyphosate. It was like, I was eating a lot of breads and, you know, refined carbs and they had so much glyphosate in them. So that helped kind of like make my blood, you know, cleaner or something. I don't know. In my mind, that's what I would say. I was like, I feel like my blood's lighter. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it totally, and it totally is. And, and the glyphosate thing is, is one that, um, that when I was, that was kind of one of the first things also after the gluten-free, it was, it was the glyphosate. And I have noticed if I fall off the wagon in that I eat out more because most, most restaurants and let's say state or, you know, some people have been like, well, maybe they have organic. No, no, no. If they serve organic food, they're going to let you know. They're not going to yeah. just, <laughs> they're not going to pay that extra money for that and not let proudly state, you know, serving organic, whatever, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, no. And and I have noticed and have, have had some really bad things end up happening because I was not being more strict. And, and I say the word strict, but I mean, self-love. Yeah, I know it's self-love and it's just, and it's also, you know, being able to say no, I guess, you know, if, if you we were like, oh, well, let's go out to eat this day and this day and this day, and you keep eating out all the time and you're not choosing, you know, organic, which accounts for probably 1% of the restaurants at this point, <laughs> if that, I don't even know if it's that much, you know, for sure. For sure. And restaurants too, you know, it's like, we don't realize all the things they put in like, oh, we gosh. Don't know and the oils. That. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's awful. I stopped. I, I also, which has saved us a lot of money, actually. Oh, yeah. which some people think, oh, I can't afford to do this. Um, and then you look at what they're posting and they're going out to eat all the time. And I'm like, girl, you paid $20 for that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just for one dish. It was like, what? How is that? That's so true. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, I, I don't eat out very often, but when I do, I'm very selective and I'm also very selective about what I order. <laughs> I'm like, what has the least amount of glyphosate? <laughs> like never get berries. Um, you know, there's a whole list of things that I would never, that I don't like to order. Um, but back to raising back to your kids. So whenever you, so when this, what'd you say was five years ago, four, four years, four years, that four, I years four years ago. So your kids are, were small. Mm-hmm. And did you get, you had a lot of people chiming in about what you should do or shouldn't do? Well, when we went plant-based, we had already the doctors and my parents and Jared's parents, mm. you know, kind of very scrutinizing, you know, just like watching everything. Cause they were like, oh, like Rhea has like uh, bags under her eyes. Uh, like they were looking, you know, like it was like, they thought everything was cause of the, the not, they weren't eating dairy. Right. And I'm like, so I had to really make sure their nutrition was tops. 
because I knew that if anything was, and, and I mean, even just like things that literally like, you know, every, they just wanted to find holes in it. So they wanted to find fault. So I had to, you know, go above and beyond. And that's what actually led me to the, uh, I really believe too, that was what led me into nutrition and Perium and everything, because it, it for like, I had to up-level my, um, nutrition. And, uh, so, so yeah, when I started Perium, they were, um, about three and one and a half and, uh, my youngest, I'm so happy. I mean, I wish I'd discovered it sooner because I wish I was eating it while I was pregnant and all that. But um, luckily, you know, she went right from booby to green juice. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> and and she like I because my I went through all of the first three years with my other daughter eating the standard American diet pretty much, and she was getting sick all the time, colds and coughs and you know the regular the regular the regular things. it's normal <laughs> normal things right yeah. you say booger nose kids of course every kid has a book so um you know but and then with Junie my youngest who went right to the green juice and you know I, I started getting her into some of the uh, gut stuff too she never had a cold she went into all the same daycares she went into the whole system and everything and she never once caught a cold it was like what is wrong like I can't believe this kid so and she's always slept perfectly I you know in the first few years with my older daughter she had sleeping issues she would wake up and these I never had an issue at all and then ever since also Rhea got on my older daughter you know got onto the stuff I noticed huge difference she was sleeping through the night she was uh her her color was like amazing you know everything it was just like it, it helped their behavior their focus everything and wow. so I've seen a huge difference with my kids with this that's amazing do they, they, so that, what do they, what do you give them different shakes or the kids shake or? Yeah. I give them the epigenius kids every morning. Uh-huh. That's so a, can I, can adults have that? Is that the chocolate one? Can, can adults have that one too? I want to try that one. I haven't tried it yet. It's so good. <laughs> it's I so have good. it too. I actually mix it because I, I do a unflavored power shake. So most people do the apple berry, but I love unflavored and I mix the epigenius and mm-hmm. the power shake. And it's like, I can't even explain. You have to try it. It's so yeah good it just tastes like it's like fudge uh mm, I don't know what like, it just yeah. tastes so good yeah. and I can't believe it's healthy you know for my kids they have I just make it with them I blend it sometimes with a banana or just on its own with like almond milk and it's delicious it tastes like chocolate milk so they don't know that they're getting like all of their nutrients of the day in there yeah oh my gosh yum yum yes. yum yeah um as far as like I have, I have some friends who are breastfeeding. What do you recommend that they can take while they're breastfeeding? Okay. Well, definitely the core four that's, um, uh, the core four is the power shake, the biomedic, the aminos and the tart cherry. And then to add on to that, I would add barley grass juice. Barley grass is so amazing for, it's actually people who were never able to produce milk when they start to drink barley grass juice, they, they Amazing. start. So if you're, you know, if you're someone who's um, even if, you know, just because also when we're breastfeeding, we're, de- we're depleting a lot of our nutrients. So just to replenish you and to fill your cup, because as we're filling our babies, we need to be filling our cup. And this is uh, it really helps. It goes right to the baby as well. They're getting all those nutrients 
and it helps the milk production. Um, it helps with all uh, so many things. Mm. So you just put that in, it's like a powder, like the other stuff. Yeah. It's just a raw juiced barley grass. So yeah. they, they juice it and then they raw dehydrate it <laughs> and it's the most bioavailable, um, form of it. You can't actually eat barley grass. Our bodies won't break it down, but in <laughs> this form, our bodies absorb it right away into our blood. Mm, I want to try that too. There's so many things on the pre I've, I've just done the ULT and whenever I go on the website, I'm like, I want to try all these things. Like, <laughs> And it's amazing. Cause it's all in home compostable packaging. I love that. Oh, you know, I love that. Yeah. I mean, what other company cares about that? I mean, <laughs> you know, cares about the environment. Most of them do not. No, they don't. And, and, and they go so far as even, I mean, Dave, when you hear him talk about even how they treat the soil and the environment and even their distribution model, like their distribution center, how it's close to the farm so that they don't have to have trucks go. It's like everything is thought about for the environment. It's, it's such an earth first company. Yeah. Have you met him? Yes. Yeah. A few times. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've seen earth some angel. videos and yeah. 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 I forgot. What was his story about? Um, like he started with healing people from cancer or something. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he's himself, um, lost his aunt to MS and this was all in his attempt to save his aunt because his aunt adopted him. He was on the streets, his family, basically he had a very, you know, not a great upbringing. And he was ran away from home at 15 and he was a heroin addict by 17. And his aunt was the one who brought him in off the streets and gave him a life. And then shortly after she was diagnosed with MS and he lost her to MS and he had done, he was determined to, he knew this was preventable because he saw how she was eating and, mm. you know, it was the microwave dinners and just that whole, you know, this, this fast food culture. And so he saw the way she was eating and he just wanted so much to save her. And he just devoted his life to uh, mm. studying nutrition. He studied under Anne Wigmore, mm. who's the mother of wheatgrass. And that's one of his first mentors, how he, he started with wheatgrass healing himself. And then, um, cause he was also had a big healing to do. And then once he, you know, saw these results, he started to share wheatgrass. He was doing Mark. He was like, he was like a, a wheatgrass peddler. Like he was going <laughs> and, uh, he was then getting into, yeah. Anti-cancer kind of, you know, the whole, that whole, um, school of plant medicine, you know, he was really at the forefront because he started this almost 40 years ago. This was like when all of this was just first coming out. So he was kind of in that circle of, of the, the pioneers and is this comes from ancient wisdom. I mean, it's not new, but it had been buried. So when big pharma took over so much of these, these, you know, natural healing modalities had just been, had been buried. And they're so still trying to bury them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a definitely an uphill battle, but you know, it's amazing, you know, one at a time when people experiment on themselves and they feel it, you can't, you can't deny it. So just, you know, the proof is in the pudding. It's no, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like, um, the snowball effect or, you know, it's just like a, a train going down the tracks that you can't stop at this point. I mean, as much as they will try to claim that it's pseudoscience or misinformation or whatever, try to lock Wikipedia so you can't edit it. <laughs> You know, I remember that happened like a year ago or a year and a half ago. Anyways, as much as they try to do that, it's, it's, 
they're just fighting a battle they can't win at this point. I mean, I think it's going to take time, but more and more people are 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 trying to find alternatives because allopathic medicine doesn't heal people, you know, well, and and more and more people are getting sick and therefore more and more people are having to go to the medical care system and they don't get better, you know? One in probably three people I talk to have an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. Like it is so common I don't know almost anyone who doesn't have some form of, of an autoimmune Absolutely. disease. I can't, I can't name one person to be quite honest. Maybe one. I can name one. <laughs> I just thought of one right. person, but yeah. I'm trying to think of all the other people I know around me that have, that have, or had some type some of, yeah. yeah, some form of it. Yeah. So, and doctors just don't have answers for them. No. They just put treat, you know, it's just, it's just band-aid. And then, you know, that's the thing is everyone's sick and tired of being told either that they're crazy, they're making it up or that there's the only answer is a, is an, is a medication that doesn't get to the root of anything. It, it actually adds to the complications further down the line. Um, and so I think people are just, you know, it is, people are waking up that this system is crumbling because we see, look at the proof. Everyone has an autoimmune, everyone has some kind of disease right now. And obviously, we, I mean, and, and the thing I, I, I was at, this is like a year ago, I was in the grocery store line and I was talking about, uh, I can't remember, I think it was autism and I don't know why I was talking about that or no, actually it wasn't autism. It was about, <laughs> well, that's controversial. Of course, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but I was talking about animals having our pets, our loved, our, our furry friends having, getting cancer more often. And the, the guy who was checking me out, he was young, young and dumb, I'll say. And he, he was like, oh, that's just because they, they weren't diagnosing it back then. And I'm like, back then, 10 years ago, they weren't diagnosing it. I mean, you know, if you're talking about like a hundred years ago, whatever, possibly, but that's not, it's like night and day here, people. And it's, and it's been in such a short period of time too, you know? Yeah. And you don't see animals in nature with these issues. Mm -mm. It's only domesticated animals. I know. I know. And that's, I was, I, um, it was something about, I, well, I had gone to a, a, a pet store in town and they were talking about the amount of people coming in trying to get CBD for their pets because they, you know, have aches and pains. And then also the amount of animals that are coming in with, uh, all these forms of cancers and, you know, going back to glyphosate because it always does. I mean, these poor little, these poor, our poor little furry friends are running in these parks. You know, we take them to the dog park or you take them to here and there, you know, and they're running on this grass that has been just doused with these nasty toxins and then they absorb it through their little paws. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. It, you know, it's definitely affecting more than just, we, it's such a, it's, you know, even animals in nature, of course, you know, because they're, they're exposed to it and everything. And it's like, even, you know, I'm just, it's, it's, it's something that ha- it, we, it can't, it's hit a breaking point. Like the, the, the proof is there. I mean, it's, it's, it's all out and they're definitely trying to cover it up. And there's definitely big money behind all of this, so um, much money. But, but I believe mother earth will always prevail. And I believe I that agree. nature will always prevail. I agree. Yep. And thank gosh, we have people like you and, and all the others who are, you know, beacons of light out there trying to, to actually help people, you know, for not for their own gain, but you know, when you, especially when you've gone through it and you've experienced it yourself, 
um, whether that be the trauma of, of being sick and, and, you know, having people tell you, Oh, you know, this is just take this pill. You'll be fine. You know, um, going through that experience and then, and then coming out the other side, you know, you have a whole different perspective, um, than these people, you know, whether it is a doctor or a health professional. I mean, and there are lots of, of holistic practitioners that are great, but I, I just really feel like when you've, when you've walked the walk, it you have a, another level of empathy that, you know, you're probably, you were, pro- I mean, I, we're naturally empathetic people anyways. Um, but then actually being able to, to, to understand, you know, where people are coming from. It just, yeah, it, it, br- it brings yeah. you into purpose, you know, because like I, I did always want to help people. But school got in the way of that because I couldn't, you know, study psychology. I did try to study psychology, but I, didn't you know my my grades weren't good and it's such right. bullshit right like I mean yeah. I'm sorry but it's so there's so <laughs> oh you can say bullshit <laughs> yeah, there's so much in school that you know you're just like why do I need to know what Freud said and this and that like right. I just want to help people right right and yeah. so I, I couldn't like go through the channels of helping people that I that were deemed you know yeah respectful okay well, you have to memorize all this other junk that's totally worthless like wh- yeah. why do you actually need that out in the real world practicing, you know? No. And you know what? I would go to see psychologists all the time. And the thing is, I would, they wouldn't help me because I didn't feel that they've been through what I've been through and they can actually, they'd learned it from a textbook and I didn't want to help people like buy my textbook definition boxes and stuff, you know? Yeah. Cause well, yeah, and that's so. what they see They you know, they see your case, they see, you know, what you're talking. Yeah. It's kind of like this drop down, like, oh, okay. So she had this happen to her and then and then this, okay. So then this is the outcome, you know, it's like, well, that's not the way it works. <laughs> no. And, and on the receiving end, I remember going into these therapy sessions, feeling like it's not helping me because these people aren't, you need someone who really has been through it to show you the, the way out, you know, show you the hope and everything. And so I really devoted my life to now just you know, being of service to show, to share my story, because I think it's more effective. I wanted to hear someone who had been through what I was, what, what, what I had gone through and, 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 and rise, you know, despite it. That's how you keep hope and faith, you know, is seeing other people who've experienced it for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was so grateful when you asked me to be on, um, to share today, because this is really what I, um, yeah, this is, this is truly, what I live for now is to give people hope to share that there's, they don't need to suffer, you know, and, and even if, and they, and they can get support and, and they can do something that's going to empower them and then help them to help other people, because exactly. that's also another side of the healing, which is once you heal yourself, you, you have a, a duty you have, or as you know, kind people, you know, we, we most heal. people do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's, well, that's where, people- where most humans get their fulfillment and, is by helping others. What I mean, you don't have to just go to a soup kitchen, which would be a great thing to do, but there are other ways to help humanity in the, in the world, you know? Yeah. And definitely I, um, you know, with the mental health aspect, I think it's so important to have advocates out there like yourself trying to shed light on the fact that it's not necessarily, it, it's, it's more than just, you know, this is your diagnosis. It's what you are, how you're living, what you're eating that affects your mental state, which, you know, so many people, they just think, oh, well, it's a, 
a chemical imbalance, which I just read something the other day saying that that's <laughs> not true, but um, that yeah, one of the pharmaceutical, true. yeah. Did you see that? What was the pharmaceutical company? Basically, they admitted to it that they have just been lying for decades about chemical, chemical imbalances imbalance. doesn't even exist. So and it's not in the brain; it's in the gut. So exactly, the chemical imbalances are in the gut, and um, yeah, they say. You know what they used to tell me with my ADD, and this is such a this is the biggest. Oh my goodness, um, just load of crap. But they said. It's just like having, so I'm taking Ritalin because they would give me Ritalin. I had to, I was like basically forced since I was 11 years old, I was on Ritalin. And they said, it's it's totally safe. It's just like if you have astigmatism, you wear eyeglasses. It's just eyeglasses for your brain. So it's like, you know, to say that wow. this is like, that's the same thing. Like taking a pill, quick. It's just eyeglasses for your brain, you know, that's what they were telling me. They would oh say that all the time. Gosh. And I just felt, I saw through it. I, even at 11 years old, I remember thinking this is, this isn't BS. No, not, true. <laughs> um, not in those words. They, they tell you that it's this chemical imbalance. Um, you know, this is how you're wired. This is yeah. just how you are. And, well, and, and, you know, and, and, um, you know, with, with all these other neurodegenerative diseases and, you know, whether it's Alzheimer's or Parkinson's and basically everything is, is pointing to the gut at this point. And, you know, I think it's so sad. I've, I've had some family friends who, who passed away from ALS and I, um, a few years ago, and I was like, God, they need to get in some type of trial or something for the gut health, like either do an FMT or something like that. Her gut must be, it's destroyed. And that's why, you know, this is everything I've read at this point. That's the new science coming out is that's what it links it to. You know, it's like literally everything starts in the gut. And it's like, I wish everyone would know it. I just wish I everyone would know it because know. It's, it's absolutely, you know, we suffer so much needlessly and people are die. I watched family members as well die of such preventable, yeah. such preventable diseases. Oh, I mean, basically everything. I mean, if you, if, if I look at my family history and, and, and what people pass away from or what they dealt with for decades, it's, they're all lifestyle diseases. So, oh, crazy crazy world. Exactly. I know. Well, I loved having you on. I, again, I just appreciate you so much and you just have such an amazing energy and I'm so thankful that you found all the things you found and that we found each other. So <laughs> that's another thing. This unites us and as a community, know. you know, locking arms around the world and sharing these, uh, truths that the world, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for the people that it's brought into my life. So thank you so much. Yeah. So, same. So tell everybody how they can find you and any, anything that you have in the works, you know, coming up or what's any news, any that you need uh, to share? <laughs> well, um, so you can find me on Instagram at Alison Jade light. And Facebook, I'm pretty active on, but in the works, I do actually have a podcast coming. Oh, yeah! I can't wait to reciprocate, have you yeah. on as a guest. Thank you. Because, that. um, that's yeah, very, you know, also this is the, you know, we need to, we need to share each other's stories. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. This is what people need, you know, they, and, and just like I said, hearing other people who've been through, you know, what you've, what you're going through or what you have experienced, it's it gives so much more hope to everyone. And, and, and I felt that way when I was dealing with all of my issues and still today, I mean, it's, it's always, it keeps you going, you know, like, 
if they can do it, I can do it. That's a, yep. that's the idea. So great. So when do you think your podcast is coming? I mean, do you have like a date or you're just kind of like just feeling it out? Microphone. It actually Yay. just came in. The, yeah. So oh, nice. gonna, yeah. Get started soon. I'm really excited. And um, yeah, we'll keep, keep congrats. Find human uh, podcast. And Beautiful. so yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. Yes. I can't wait to share that with, with all my friends. So excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Peace and plants. Oh my gosh. Don't you just love Allison? I think she is incredible and I am so grateful that we connected. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Allison J Light and be on the lookout for her own podcast that should be coming out soon called Kind Human. I am obsessed with that name. I think that's amazing. And isn't that so true? We need more kind humans. We need to encourage and try to raise more kind humans that are kind to everyone. Not just certain people, not just not just people in general. We need to be kind to all creatures, the planet, and gosh, wouldn't it be an amazing planet Earth if we could just get a little bit more of that? So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate you so much. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. Peace and plants.